Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Another Monday morning. No, Monday afternoon. It's been a long day. It's a Monday. Did you just get out of bed? <sighs> no. You know what it is? It's I'm. Still Were you re- feeling one of those Monday things where you had to stay uh-huh. in bed all day long? And- I'm still recovering oh, from, from the holidays. Oh, I see. Because my kids all stay up so late. Your kids stay up late <laughs> for the holidays? Yes. Like, and I did. I stayed up late myself this weekend. too. Oh, you did? Why? Yeah. Uh, date night on Friday. Really? Yeah. Where did we go? What did we do? Uh, we had a stay date actually. State. Uh, yeah. Which, which <laughs> actually? Weird. Okay, this is going to sound weird. Okay. We have, you know, here um, locally we have, and I'm sure other people have it as well. You have movie theaters, yeah, but they have they have this popcorn bucket that you can refill, yeah, for a, a cheaper price than buying a whole sure, new so, one. So, so oh, you bring an old bucket? So, no, no, it's a reusable. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah, reusable, yeah. it's plastic. Yeah, yeah. So we take the bucket uh-huh. to the movie theater, yeah, but we take the popcorn home to watch the movie. <laughs> Okay, sounds illegal. We like no, but, it's no. You buy. We're buying the popcorn. No, you're sure, you bought the popcorn, illegal. and you're yeah. actually they're probably saving money because they're not. You're not going to keep I, getting more and more. Yeah, that's but, cute. So we we take the bucket home and we watched a movie at home. What movie? Uh, we watched Philomena. Actually, <sighs> I hadn't seen that one. You know, maybe you. And it was really good for the amount of movies you watch. Maybe you need your own machine. I I have a machine. Now, you know what that sounds like, by the way? What kind of date that sounds like? What? That's an introvert date. Well, it's a cheap date is what it is. That is, a, that is an absolutely cheap date. A tightwad kind of date. It was like three bucks for the popcorn, and the movie was on a cable service. See? That's cheap date. That we had recorded. So. But do you prefer to go to the theater with 34? Do you really? Because you're, you're, you love the movies. Movies are made to be seen on a big screen. Yeah. That maybe you just need a big screen. At uh, home. I, well, I have a big enough screen at home, I think. How big is well, it? Well, sometimes sometimes actually we show movies on the side of our house. I, I know. I've, heard, I've actually seen the police report. Yeah. You show – Not those kind of you movies. You project a movie on the side of your house. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the neighbors come. Yeah. We've, we've, we invite neighbors. You don't charge head. anyone. It's no, free. we don't. It's free service. Mm-hmm. We did it for a birthday party last time. I think it's a cool idea. I, um, I'm starting to like movies more and more. I used to not like movies till I started hanging out with you. And now that I hang out with you a little bit more, I'm liking them. But I prefer to be at home. I think you should go see Paddington is coming out. Paddington the Bear? Mm-hmm. Really? I can't say anything more than that. But it is. It's a, not coming out till Friday, so huh. I can't really say anything. Yeah, because, yeah. Some of you don't know that Sean is a movie critic. And he's, he's got the inner. I am legally bound to not say mm-hmm. anything. Until you, the movie is released. That's great. That's how you get free tickets. That's true. So don't say anything about Paddington. I won't. Can I? It's a bear. Can I say something? Go right ahead. Sounds like a great movie. It was a great book. I have, You know, I never read the books. Would you consider yourself, Sean, an introvert or an extrovert? I told you earlier, actually. We're going to find out later in the show. But you don't know? I don't. I don't. I, I, I have a guess. I think I'm a little of both. You're just a vert. Mm-hmm. You're not an intro. I'm, I, nobody on earth believes this, but I believe I'm an introvert. 
I'm very well, socially skilled. I can talk on the radio, but I'd I'm rather still, be alone. I'm still a little curious as to what the actual definition okay. is. So yeah. we'll talk with – We'll get into that. We've got yeah. a great guest today. So, I mean, and I, I'm not big in like pegging people for being an introvert or an extrovert. No. But I'm telling you, with my clients, I, there are so many complaints of an extroverted wife, for example, mm-hmm. that is so frustrated because her husband never wants to go out with her friends. See, that sounds like my my parents. Is it? Not that my dad didn't want to go out with her friends, but my dad liked to stay home. Yeah. My mom liked to go out. My, my mom I prefer to talks stay with home. people a lot. Uh-huh. My dad uh-huh. does not. Right. I prefer – I talk to people all day, but I prefer I prefer to be alone. Right. Right. So – but it impacts because then all of a sudden mm-hmm. your marriage is in mm-hmm. trouble. Anyway, we've got a t- no. tonight a great night. I'm sure you're going to go watch the game tonight. The game? The game. The game. Oh, the game, the, the, the game, game of all game. The national championship. <laughs> yes. Are you? Do you have a favorite? Are you picking anyone? No, I don't actually. Yeah. I, I, I Well – I don't know. Uh, Oregon going against Ohio State. Yeah. I don't know. I have I have a, a relative who goes to Ohio State. Yeah, that's right. So you should kind of bleed blue. No, that's red. Or red and that's red gray. and gray. Sorry. Um, yeah, bleeding made. But I really now. like Oregon's uniforms. So okay. <laughs> Which ones? <laughs> I know. Today they're going to have uniforms that don't even represent their school no, colors. No, they're, they're silver and white. That's weird. I know. That's weird. Usually they're fluorescent colors, that orange or, yeah. or I mean that yellow and a green, it's really you name cool. it. It's I, I think I don't know who to choose because you know. Oh, I don't either. I think it'll be a good game though. I do too. I I do. I, I like Urban Meyer. I'm telling you, that oh, guy knows how to win. Yes, he and does. if you notice, he can pretty much beat anyone whenever he wants. Well, I was surprised that Oregon just trounced. Oh, um, amazing! The, it was Alabama. Alabama. Was it? Yep. Was it? No. No. It was um, no. Ohio State uh, played Florida Alabama. State. Florida State. That's right. That was by the way. That just to me. Shows that you don't mess with Oregon. Oh, but yeah, but they beat them so soundly. It was amazing. Sports Illustrated did a whole layout on the two teams and compared all their stats. And it's am- oh. I didn't know this because I thought Oregon would just blow Ohio State away. You blow If you blow Florida State away, you're going to blow gonna... Ohio State sure. away. Sure. No, they're anybody, way close. Anybody state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something about the states. That... Anyway, that's uh, a big game tonight. So, again, as an introvert, I'm going to go probably get popcorn from my local store. Actually, from my local um, theater. I'm going to take my okay. reusable bucket. <laughs> I'm going to fill it up and get popcorn, and then I'm going to watch the game. That's well, my actually, no, I know we're – my wife and I are planning on going walking tonight. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed. It's raining. Uh, we're going to the uh, – what's called the Legacy Center in yeah. our city. It's, an, it's, an, it's a recreation center. Uh, it sounds like prison. No, it's not. You're going to go walking? My kids are going to go swimming a, at the pool. Oh, that's fun. Family night. Hopefully kids aren't in the car right now. It's supposed to be a surprise. Well. Actually, no, they're being picked up by somebody else, I think, today. Here's not the deal. Wife. Do you um, – so you're not going to watch the game. You're going to have to record the game. I will probably game. record it. I'll know, I'll know the score tomorrow, though. Well, okay. <sighs> what do you do? I don't know. What do you do? Well, we've got a great show. Today, uh, again, the national championship game's on tonight. You're going to want to do that. Oh, definitely. But also, by the end of today's show, you're going to know if you're an introvert or an extrovert. You'll also be able to identify what your kids are. It's probably important to figure out what your children are. Mm-hmm. Because, again, for example, you've heard me talk about this a lot. When somebody says, let's play a game. Oh, you, you just go away. I hate that. I know you do. But I honestly believe a lot of introverts don't like games. 
Let's not go play a game. See, I love playing games. I know. See, so I'm going to bet you're a little bit of an extrovert. I actually played a little Nintendo with one of my children, or two of my children yesterday. Do you, uh, does Cindy like games? Yes. Huh. Board games, table games, yeah. yes. Video yes. games, not so much. See, I, I, think, I think we're going to have something to that, which is why we've got to bring in our expert. I mean, who better to teach us than Heather? Heather Johnson's coming on later oh, yeah. today. Oh, she's, she's going to be great. Games that you might want to play with your kids, depending on if they're an introvert or an extrovert. And again, why this is important, a great book came out called Quiet by mm. Susan Cain. Have you ever heard of that book? No, I haven't. Um, and today's author is Sophia Dembling, who wrote the book Introverts in Love. But now, if you notice, all these books are coming out on introversion, extroversion, and mm-hmm. that it's a big deal because we live in a very extroverted society. Right? Oh yeah, our culture is all about. I mean, you even go to you go to your uh, parent-teacher conferences, and your teachers will tell you if your student is kind of outgoing, mm-hmm. if they work well with everybody else. But does society expect you to be an extrovert? I think yeah. that's a good question for our. I think I think when we get into it, there are some cultures, by the way, that don't honor extroversion as the ideal. Mm, okay. In the U.S., we tend to honor extroversion as the ideal. But I think that's developed over time. Oh yeah, but see, think of other cultures. Oh yeah, it's better that you're quiet. Quiet is honorable. Quiet is respectful. Mm-hmm. You don't want to stand out. You don't want to be the individual. You want to be a member of the team. That's right. So uh, it's it's a there's a big movement going on. And so today on the show, we wanted to give you a shot at uh, figuring out what you think you are, introvert or extrovert, and then see if it's maybe impacting your love life, your relationships. Again, with my coaching practice, I can't tell you how many times I've had one partner that's so frustrated with the other. Why won't he ever... Just tell the kids what needs to be done and take them on. He won't do it. He just won't take them on. And interestingly, it just might simply be because he doesn't think that that's the way you do it. Maybe you don't need to take people on. Sure that wasn't your wife? Yeah. Okay. She said that this morning. It's sad but true. That's up on the show today, my friends. Stick with us. We've got a lot of great ideas, a lot of great tools for you. Remember, the goal of this show is to give you the tools you need to make it through this crazy thing called life. Nobody ever just handed us a manual, right, for how we needed to live. Here we go. We're going to give you the tools. Today, uh, we're talking introversion versus extroversion. Your life, your love, your legacy. It may all be hinging on it. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, you got to get that message in a bottle. There's one way or another to get the message to somebody. One way is the bottle. You know, nowadays, just text, email. What if you are married or dating or in love with somebody that approaches life in a completely different way than you do? What if you have fallen in love that great chemistry that got you maybe married or got you connected and together is maybe fading just a tad bit, just a little bit, not horribly. And then all of a sudden you find out that that person you're in love with doesn't like to go out as much as you do. Or they just don't want to be in crowds. Or they don't want to always have parties at your house. 
Maybe they're an introvert. Maybe you're an extrovert. At some point, though, we're going to have to figure this out because you know what? Relationships are going to be uh, seriously impacted by how you go about approaching the world around you. Some of us prefer to be, you know, to stay at home and kind of keep everything close to us and, and maybe one or two people around. Also, we, we may not feel more energy and get more energy by being with a bunch of people. We actually may feel drained by being around people constantly. Others, on the other hand, maybe the extroverts, might actually increase their energy the more people that are around, the more opportunities they have. So we decided to bring on an expert to help us with that today. Her name is Sophia Dembling, and Sophia is the author of a couple of books on introversion. One is called Introverts in Love. The other is The Introvert's Way. She's an author. She's written uh, quite a few books. In fact, one of them was The Making of Dr. Phil, The Straight-Talking True Story of Everyone's Favorite Therapist. Also, one 100 places in the USA every woman should go. She released that one in 2014. Anyway, a great book, Introverts in Love, Sophia Dembling. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, thanks for having me. So good to have you here. Now, uh, Sophia, I'm, I'm assuming, and just from the little I've read about you already, you are an introvert. I am an introvert, although people try to argue with me about it. I know. Don't you love it when people <laughs> tell you what you are? Exactly. The thing is, when they see me out and about, I can behave like an extrovert, so yeah. they see me in my extrovert mode. So so maybe do that for us. I'm not usually somebody that loves to just hang, you know, um, hang a, a label on us, but I, I've never been more changed than in the last few years studying introversion, extroversion, high sensitivity, all of those things, and it makes a big difference in our relationships. So define it. What is an introvert versus an well, extrovert? I- I think you did a really good job in pointing out that the the energy in, energy out definition is is the one that most of us feel very comfortable with. Introverts tend to be drained by social interaction and need solitude and quiet to recharge, and extroverts gain energy from interaction. I mean, you know, scientifically, that's very hard to pin down because what is that energy and how do we measure it? But um, sort of anecdotally, that's the one that we feel uh, really fits us the best, I think. Yeah, and it's more, you know it. I mean, you know if you're dreading another meeting and another, I mean, you know if it's hard for you to get on the phone and make those calls at work. Exactly. And as you said, it's it's life-changing when you realize that this is sort of a personality trait and not a moral failing. Right. Because you can go through your life, huh, feeling like... You're a failure. You're not doing what you should. You're not going out of your way. You're not going to be successful. Yeah. You're not as happy. I mean, people will tell you all sorts of things uh, that turn out to not really be true about introversion versus extroversion. It really, it, and it, and again, in a society where we value extroversion so so much, um, you really could start to take on a complex, can't you? Where you're like, Ugh. and I, I think that exacerbates any fear we might have. I mean, as introverts, we're not necessarily shy. Right. You can be a shy introvert, but you can also be a shy extrovert. They're yeah. separate things. But if we're always told we have to behave differently and our way of socializing is wrong, it's going to increase our anxiety about socializing and sort of make us feel shy. Yeah, it's so true. And in fact, I was just sitting there thinking that uh, how many times you know have, have I felt like a, a teacher or you know, somebody might make a comment. Yeah, he just, you know, he's very off to himself mm-hmm. and just and you're like, and I guess that sounds so negative, like, oh, so he's going to be banished from the community and never be able to have a friend or a job. And yet, in reality, he might be thriving, just loving a good book. 
he might be perfectly happy. I mean, look at what we say when you you know you hear about a serial killer. It's like he was always so quiet. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that doesn't so really true. mean that doesn't really tie in. <laughs> yeah. So I guess so. All serial killers are not introverts. Then okay. I, I, I would assume <laughs> yeah. Not, no. <laughs> I, they, they probably go both ways, don't they? Talk about. Um, what you've been learning and how, I mean, you wrote a book on, you've written two books now on it. What what was the drive for you to write these books? Well, I started writing about introversions. The first thing I wrote about introversion was a an essay called um, Confessions of an Introverted Traveler, <laughs> because we're often told as travelers that meeting people is the whole reason for travel. Right. If you don't meet people, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And so I wrote this essay saying, well, for me, it's not really that way. And the response was, enormous. Oh, cool. Just enormous, yeah. yes. And it made me understand that there's a lot of introverts out there who are looking for validation, who are looking to talk about it, who are looking to understand it more. Yeah. And then I started my blog for Psychology Today in 2009, and again, it just took off quickly because introverts, like we've been saying, have been told their way is wrong for so long mm. that they really needed to hear it you know, validated. And I've learned a tremendous a lot um, amount just interacting with the introverts on, who come to my blog. Yeah, I uh, I do a lot of speaking, and last week, uh, Friday, I think I was out, I was in Orlando, and I did a speech, and my honestly, I can hardly wait to just leave and go get back on a plane. <laughs> yes. And, and I sat there, but I feel so guilty because I go to these other meetings where all these speakers that tend to maybe be more extroverted, they're like, yeah, you've got to meet everybody, shake, I mean, and I met, I met everybody, but... I, I can hardly wait to get out. And it really does create this weird pang, like this sense of what is wrong with me? Why am I so this way? And I can just I can imagine right right now there's thousands of people that are out there listening, thinking, yeah, I've always felt like I was broken because of this. Right. Right. It's absolutely true. I mean, it's funny. You do public speaking. I do public speaking. It's one of the reasons people think I can't be an introvert. Yeah, right. But actually, the speech is easy. That's easy. It's the meet and greet, that's a lot uh-huh. more exhausting. That's and right. Difficult. And, and the meetings and, and the meetings getting up and, and talking to them and fi- or finding out what they want. And three meetings mm-hmm. later, okay, now we know we've asked all these questions. And half the time, I'm like, you know what? I'll just do it. I'll nail it. Just trust me. Just, we don't <laughs> yeah, need to keep meeting. Me. I can do it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really fascinating. And then all of a sudden, you think about it, whether – and 40 percent, right? Is that the number of the population are probably introverted? I've heard it's more closely you know, divided. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Huh. So let's say half the population are introverts, mm-hmm. yet living in extroverted worlds where – I mean, the movie star – that's the other thing is you think because they're a movie star, they're obviously – an extrovert because they can get up and perform. I like that you've just kind of delineated the difference between performance Mm -hmm. and extroversion. You can go perform and then just need to be alone. Absolutely. And performance is in a way easy, just like our public speaking, because you're hiding behind something. Yeah. And and you have control. A lot of it has to do with sort of having control with what I call your airspace. Oh, that's, yeah. Like the, yeah. And, And knowing... No one's going to throw you the curveball. And you can handle one or two curves, but you know you can produce an outcome because you've got control of the process. Right. You're confident. It's not just, you know, a networking event where you're walking around trying to make conversations, you know, tap dancing through conversations. It's something you're an authority and you know you're doing. Hierarchy set. Mm -hmm. You know, that's interesting. Even when you just said that, going to a networking event, shaking hands, and right then my heart rate went up. Like, ugh. Awful. Now, I have found, for example, though, while I tend to avoid networking events that are sort of, you know, walking around with a cocktail and meeting people, yeah. if I'm invited to something that's, say, a sit-down meal, mm. it, 
I, where I can sort of get to know people over a sh- you know period of time yep. and talking to the same people, I can really do well at those. Yeah. So I'll accept that kind of invitation, and that's a good way for me to network. But I know if I accept an invitation to like that other kind of networking event, not only am I not going to enjoy it, but I'm going to kind of fail at it. Uh-huh. I'm not going to be good at it, and I'm going to feel bad. And why subject myself to that when there are other ways that I can be successful? Well, and especially too, I mean, th- that's what the point is, I guess. Sophia is all we once you know you're an introvert or an extrovert, you can you can start to manage. Your approach, and, and instead exactly. of just assuming we've got to be like our spouse, and right. they've got to, they've got to be like us, we can start to say, "I would love to go on this. This part of this is going to be a little harder for me." So let's find right. a way to do that. Right, and and to go back just a step on that, even meeting people, you know, if you don't have a significant other at the time, yeah. and I tell introverts, you know, say yes to any invitation that doesn't sound like torture, <laughs> but the the secret to that is promising yourself that you can leave when you're ready. There you go. So yeah. if you you know if you if you know you can leave when you've had enough, it makes it a lot easier to go in the first place. And see, that's, that's one it. of the things about understanding your introversion that can help you interact more easily. And maybe that I mean that's it. So cuz the introvert might not want to go, so make a rule, I always go and I can always leave early. Exactly. But I'm always going to go because my tendency will be not to. That's mm-hmm. powerful. That's, I mean, I guess, honestly, this is the discussion we've long needed to have. And I, I, we've had other guests on the show. We had a man who teaches um, people from, from China, business people from China, how to do business like an American. Ooh, and basically what he's teaching is extroversion, yep. how to speak up, how to say what you're thinking, how to be more strong and aggressive and I'm like, we're trained. Oh man, now we're we're training the the Chinese business people to do business like Americans, extroverted. Right. Oh boy. Right. And yet there are plenty of introverted business yeah. people out there. I mean, right. I bought my car from an introverted car salesman, which sounds like an oxymoron. Wow. How did that happen? We'll have to. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, <laughs> he's just tired when he gets home. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. He's drained. He's drained. Exactly. You found him on the bus, didn't you? Hey, I'm looking for a car. You don't know where I can get a car. Well, Sophia, we, we love having you. Let's take a break, and we're going to come back, and I, I'd love you to, t- to kind of walk us through falling in love as an introvert and, wh- and how we should do this. Sometimes we might, you know, more naturally even be drawn to an extrovert and then not even know the impact it's going to have on our relationships forever. We're going to take a break. When we come back, continue this discussion about introverts in love. Our guest, Sophia Dembling, will be with us, and uh, we'll continue talking about it. If you have a question for Sophia or about introversion or extroversion or any comments, give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We'd love to get you on the phone and, uh, and find out what you have to say. This is The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Everybody hurts sometimes, but I'm, I'm sure I'm, it's the introverts that are hurting the most. Those messed up people. No! We're changing that idea right here, right now. There are extroverts in the world. There are introverts in the world. Each bring their own great gifts to this great world, and uh, we need to quit thinking that everybody just needs to be extroverted. Some of us 
you know, we, we might be able to pull it off for a while, but a lot of this goes deeper into where you get your energy, how you, uh, you know, how the gifts you've got. And introversion is really powerful, I think, because in a way, most people like to go inward a little bit. Uh, they probably are more, not more, but they're reflective, they're self-reflective, and their energy doesn't necessarily come as they sit with other people and work with other people. Sometimes it comes just being alone, and it recharges those batteries. And again, every extrovert, too, probably needs a little downtime as well. We are talking with uh, the author of the book, uh, Introverts in Love, The Quiet Way to Happily Ever After. Sophia Dembling is her name. She's also the author of The Introvert's Way, and she is here to help us figure out about introversion, extroversion, and how, we, how it impacts our relationships and our love. Sophia, welcome back to The Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Hey, talk about, um, okay, what are some of the signs then, just to kind of recap, to tell us if we are more of an introvert or an extrovert in our approach to the to the world and the people around us? Well, the key really is where you get your energy. And if you need to, if, if, if a lot of social interaction drains you of energy and leaves you feeling exhausted and tapped out and you need to get alone to recharge, that's pretty much a good sign that you're an introvert. Extroverts, on the other hand, just get more and more energy the more people that are around them and never met a stranger. And you've met those people before. (laughs) It seems like if I'm an introvert, I would love an extrovert in a way because they're going to carry my water. They'll carry the load. Um, Socially. It was interesting. I talked to, to write introverts in love. I talked to about 50 introverts. Uh, some in relationships, some not, married, divorced. Uh, and really, of the people who are in relationships, and I talked to everything from newlyweds to people married for decades, it was about half and half, hmm. people with introverts and people with extroverts. Oh, interesting. Um, and it was very interesting. They, they are simply looking for different things yeah. um, out of their marriages. The people who are attracted to extroverts tend to be tend to like the fact that the extroverts sort of, like you say, they, I, I call it do the heavy lifting for yeah. the social life and bring the social life to them. There are other introverts who really wanted somebody who was going to stay home with them. And so this is something that, you know, it, it, people are not necessarily choosing introverts, extroverts. Um, yeah, to, you know, it, It's not necessarily going to what's going to be attract them, but it can fulfill other needs. And, and I think what's powerful, too, is just the idea that, the more we understand each other and and understand that there's it's not just an either or, mm-hmm. I mean, then all of a sudden we can kind of manage it where you might have one spouse that sets up more of the social engagements, but they do it in a way that there's always a timeline and we know it's not going to go endlessly all night. And I mean, you can you can set some boundaries, some, some, yeah, some boundaries. Absolutely. And these are some of the things that now that we're talking about, you know, it's something that, sure, people have been working it out throughout history without having this discussion. But right. the thing is now we can sort of shortcut it now, now that we're sort of aware of these differences and you can just put it out on the table. I mean, all relationships involve communication and compromise. Yeah. And this is just another aspect of that. One of the things that my husband and I had to communicate and compromise on was um, things like email versus telephone versus text. Oh, there you go. And I have a whole chapter in the book about that because it's a surprisingly volatile subject. Yeah. You know, when you have one person who wants to talk on the phone five times a day <laughs> and the other who hates the telephone. Just or, text me. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that true, though? It, and it's and you sit. I mean, I even look at how we might find our spouse. If I'm an introvert, I might be more drawn to online. I might be the more only drawn. Way you 
can meet somebody without le- leaving your living room. Yeah, and control <laughs> it. And I can Otherwise, con- you have to leave the house. And I have a chapter where I, I actually talked to an intro- an online dating coach who oh. knew such a thing existed. Yeah, with tips. Quite a few of the introverts who were in relationships in my book met them um, online. Met yeah. their spouses online. I mean, because think about that. How hard would it be? To go up and, you know, hit on somebody at some restaurant or bar if you're an introvert. That's like, ugh, I'd rather die. Yeah, I mean, introverts, the ones I spoke to, pretty much were mostly were pursued. They Mm -hmm. tended not to be the pursuers. One of the things I suggest for introverts who do want to get out there and meet people is that they become involved in things or places where they keep going back and seeing the same people again and again. Oh, there you go, yeah. Because again, we take some time to warm up to people. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a class or even if you have a regular coffee shop where you tend to encounter this, it'll be easier for you to strike up conversation or respond to conversation if it's somebody you've seen a whole bunch of times. Yeah, it seems too like a class would be really valuable because it almost doesn't have to be about people. It could yeah. just be about the subject you're learning, art or whatever you're learning, and you can go enjoy the art side of it and the people side might, you know, not even be right. obvious. So if you meet somebody great and even if you don't, you've gotten something out of it so it's not wasted. <laughs> yeah, it's, but hey, then it, this all kind of goes back to that paradigm too of just kind of what we think an introvert is like we they're the lone they're they're the librarian they're the quiet librarian that doesn't talk to anybody and then goes back to her apartment and just sits there and reads well it was very funny that you should bring that up because I was hired to do a program a webinar for the King County Library System in, uh, which is you know around Seattle yeah because everybody thinks librarian introverted naturally but when you then think again librarians have to deal with the public all, all day, day long and exactly they were just get, they were just getting drained <laughs> and so we had we talked about ener- you know managing the energy yeah mm-hmm. the energy is an interesting side of this isn't it because it seems like that's what love is anyway is that energy that chemistry you feel that that connection and so, I mean, if you're dating someone or married to somebody that just constantly keeps demanding more of your energy level, you might feel like you're falling out of love. It can be. It can put a huge stress on the relationship. And in fact, if you can't, if you can't talk that through and express it and have that person respect that, then you've got, I, I think, a fairly essential problem. I mean, then that comes again into the idea of communication, respect and compromise. Now, I will say that introverts have a responsibility to speak up right, and, and explain themselves and, and make it clear. You know, it's, it's sometimes hard for extroverts to understand that you're not trying to get away from them. You're trying to get away because you need the space for yourself. Yep. And so they take it personally. And but, that's one of the challenges. But it really is up to us if we're not being understood. You know, we tend to kind of shut down a little bit. We're not really great with confrontation. And I heard that over and over again. Um, But really, if we're not going to sort of express it and express it in a loving fashion so that they can understand, then we can't be angry that they're not getting us. that's, That's what I think of. I think of like a business meeting where you might have, and these are all stereotypical, but kind of the accountants, maybe a little more introverted, but they know the numbers. And they know the data. And then you've got the salespeople that are maybe a little more extroverted, and they just are willing to voice and argue and make their point. And again, I sit there and I think, if I'm the CEO, I need everybody voicing, whether introverted or not. Because if I don't have my accountants holding their line, 
and I yeah. have just the more powerful, outgoing people dominating this conversation, we're probably not going to succeed. Yeah, you're not get you're not getting all the information you need. Absolutely, and I think it is up to leaders to make sure they make space mm-hmm. in that conference room. But don't you think like I mean, and leaders, or, that's a, or invite them to come up afterwards. You yeah, know, if they don't want to speak out in the in the group. But I mean, even generally, the, our leaders are then also extroverted and introverted. I mean, we Absolutely. get right. I mean, like you look at. Uh, even President Obama seems to be a little more ext- or introverted of a pre- of a president, mm-hmm. as opposed I to a Johnson that-, that would get out there and just get in everyone's face and shake hands and right, make and noise. Clinton. And Clinton, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, there's a woman, uh, Jennifer Conweiler, writes about introverted leaders. She's huh. got some excellent book about you know successful introverted leaders and what they bring to the table. It's wow. very interesting stuff. It's, it's, um, now, one thing, going oh, go back to the idea of the extrovert sort of uh, taking over, yeah. is that's one risk introverts have because they tend to be pursued when it comes to relationships, right. is that they can't find themselves swept into relationships by extroverts simply because the extroverts are strong pursuers mm-hmm. without actually paying attention to whether or not this is a, a relationship they, they want to or need to be in. Oh, yeah, and, and they, they don't necessarily choose it, but exactly. they're kind of coerced into it. Yeah, well, it chooses them, and it's very flattering to have a lot of yeah. attention turned on you, and you kind of just get swept away, and suddenly you go, wait, well, how did I get here? You <laughs> yeah, know? we have four kids. How did this happen? <laughs> right. You no, know, that's that's actually very true, and I, and I see that even in my practice where I'm always asking, like, so are you still – are you in this? Are you, are you, are you, are, well, I'm here. I've got to. I've got four kids. Of course I'm in right. it. Well, mm-hmm. right, we got to eventually start choosing. And I guess that goes back to that old adage that the introvert has to stay in and engage. Mm-hmm. And, the, and uh, maybe – and I guess the advice – well, what is the advice for the extrovert if you're dating an introvert? You have to give them a little bit of room. And, and you know, uh, one couple – you know, for example, conflict can be very difficult between an introvert and extrovert because the extrovert can um, overwhelm the introvert. Yeah. But it may be that the introvert needs to hear what the problem is, step away and think about it, and then come back and talk about it. It takes us a little bit longer to process. And so the extrovert needs to think about giving them the space to do that. And also think about and appreciate what the introvert can bring to you. Mm. You know, some extroverts really need somebody to say, hey, you know what, it's okay to stay at home for a weekend and just sit on the couch and and, and take it easy. You don't have to. I think extroverts can get a little bit... They, they they get frenzied, you yeah. know. They, they they start going and going and going, and they it's hard for them to stop. And they and like you said, they get depleted as well. And they can, uh, you know, lean on their introvert and help have their introvert show them, okay, it looks like you're getting a little bit carried away. Let's let's quiet down for a bit. And a lot of extroverts will really appreciate that sort of permission. Yeah, you know, the chance to take a breath. And and again, it seems like this this could be the perfect combination. To have, mm-hmm. you know, to, and yet we probably weigh the outgoing extroverted versus the, you know, the passive introverted. We, we kind of weigh the extremes, but everybody's different, you know. Some, yeah, we're all on a continuum. Yeah, exactly. You know, some introverts are very, very introverted. You know, some introverts can't imagine going to a party. Right. Whereas I, I like parties. I, I like too. parties of a certain size and where I know most everybody. Yeah. You and, know, that's, that's my idea of a perfect party. Well, and it's not like you can't function. I mean, it's not like you'd walk into a, par- a big party with people you don't know and just collapse and start 
you know, shaking. You No, but I kind of I kind of shut down a little bit. Yeah, you're different, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very hard for me. I I, I lose focus and, and and get overwhelmed. And and then yet I can almost hear somebody, your spouse or somebody saying, "Well, yeah, Sophia, you need to fix that." Yeah. And yet sure. maybe we don't need to fix it. Maybe yeah. we just need to understand it and accept it. The only things we need to fix are things that we truly feel are interfering with our ability to live the life we want to live. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, shyness, for example, can be, can interfere with you getting what you want. That's right. You know, it can, and not necessarily, but it can. And so maybe you want to work on that, and that's fixable. Introversion is not only something um, you need to fix, but it's not really something you can fix. Right. It's, it's, it seems to be, you know, inborn. They're, they're starting very slowly to find, you know, evidence that it's, you know, built into our brains. It's, it's still developing. Yeah, even the brain structure, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And so it's probably going to stay steady through our, our lifetimes. Um, but, yeah, there's no need to fix anything as long as you're okay with who mm-hmm. you are. Yeah, and, and I guess that's the key too. Is and because you're also you're either you're going to also have a mission to give and things to give, and your shyness could steal away your great voice. Mm-hmm. So we yeah, we yeah. need to work on that as well. We're talking with Sophia Demling, the author of the book Introverts in Love: The Quiet Way to Happily Ever After. We're going to take a break and come back and continue this discussion about introversion and extroversion relationships. If you have a question for Sophia or anything on introversion and extroversion you want to talk about, give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. That's 1-855-242-8298 or tweet us at BYU Radio. We'd love to get into that. We're going to take a break. More when we come back right here on The Matt Townsend Show. back everybody all by myself see now this is somebody that doesn't want to be all by themselves so that i'm gonna bet maybe they're an extrovert you know just needing a little connection yeah i i always sing it just all by myself i want to be all by myself and i usually sing it after just a really long weekend kids have been fighting We've got five more parties to go to all by myself, all through the holidays. That was my holiday theme on the phone with us, uh, talking to us today about introversion and being an introvert in love is the author, Sophia Dembling. She's also the author of the book, The Introvert's Way and the Introverts in Love, The Quiet Way to Happily Ever After. Uh, I appreciate the book. If you go to her website, Sophia, spelled like Sophia, sophiadembling.com, you can get a look at all of her books. She's got wonderful other books that you can look at, as well as find out how to have her come speak to your organization. Um, Sophia, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks. Good to have you. Hey, um, let's talk about in love, okay? Uh, not not you and I, not that we couldn't be, but um, uh, introverts, is, is the relationship different for an introvert? 
like a loving, you know, marital relationship, dating relationship. Is it, I'm assuming if, if energy is, is really, um, if it's depleted being with somebody, I would bet, you know, an intimate relationship where you have a lot of time with that one person could also take it out of you. It could take it out of you, but one of the benefits of truly intimate relationships is that those are the relationships where you can be quiet together. There you go. Yeah. Where you're so so used to each other that um, it doesn't take as much energy and exertion. I mean, you know, introverts don't necessarily want to be alone. No. But they want to, they, but they want these relationships that have or that are deep and nourishing. They'd rather have one really deep, nourishing. Uh, intimate relationship than a dozen yeah. fun, light, superficial relationships. So, you know, it seems to me in the right, while you might still need to get some time by yourself now and then, I mean, I like, I still like to travel by myself very yeah. much. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but when you're in the right relationship, you'll find that it, it takes less out of you, uh, than before. And we too tend to also, um, there are certain kind of relationships that actually do energize us. You know, there are certain, the people, the friends I have with whom I can have really deep, you know, analytical, navel-gazing kind of conversations. Yeah. I find that very energizing, in fact, whereas chit-chat just yeah. makes me want to go to sleep for a week. <laughs> it's true, huh? Just kind of the, the level, the lack of depth can wear mm-hmm. you out, too. It's um, th- That's a great idea that may- maybe... We don't frame this um, in our heads like it's either you're with somebody or you're not. It might just be that you have space. Even being together in the same room, there's still space to be silent. Sure, yes. I mean, introverts who are in relationships with other introverts talk, you know, very heartfelt about sitting together in a room and both reading, Hmm. you know, and, and in a quiet room and reading. Uh, or hiking together, yeah. or watching the sunrise together, I, I, uh, which are j- basically quiet things. I noticed that growing up, um, I could go into a social setting, you know, be the life of the party, and then about you know an hour after, I'm tired, I'm done, mm-hmm. and then I go sure. quiet, and then everyone's like, "What's wrong, Matt? What's wrong? <laughs> Why are you quiet?" And I'm like. Oh, okay. Here comes the monkey again, and I start monkeying around. It's, yeah, but then I they expect you to pony ca- show. Yeah, mm-hmm. is is that well, one thing I, I like to point out to introverts? I, I I have what I call my board of extroverts, uh-huh. and it's a group of extroverts that I go to with questions about being an extrovert. Great. And I went to them and I said, I know that as an introvert, I know what it feels like when I've had too much interaction. You know, this yeah. tired feeling, my brain feels full. I said, What does it feel like to you when you haven't had enough? And one of them said, I feel sad. And I thought, huh. oh, that's what, you know, when you think of it that way, that they feel sad, so they think you feel sad, you can see that they're coming at you in, in a, from, from right. a place of kindness. Yeah, compassion. And concern and yeah. compassion. And it makes it a little less irritating. That's so <laughs> true. It can be irritating. That, that's why it's so powerful to just have the conversations with the people you love and find out what's going on in their head. They're thinking you're... Yeah, you're depressed, you're sad, and really you're just re-energizing. Mm-hmm. You're just sitting quietly. You're fine. Well, what do you what do you recommend to the people uh, that are dating? Um, how do you? I mean, what are some of the little pieces of advice that you give in the book, Introverts in Love? What are some more ways that we can take somebody that's an introvert and an extrovert and make it, you know, you know, work? Have the have the relationship work out? Yeah. 
um, and, and specifically between introverts and extroverts. Well, one thing to keep in mind, too, is that extroverts can be very useful for introverts when it comes oh, to yeah. sort of running interference. You bet. You know, the, the, the extrovert can kind of say, oh, well, don't worry, you know, she just needed to step away for a while and get a breather. She'll be back any minute. Or, yep. you know, they're kind of like the rodeo clown where <laughs> <laughs> they kind of draw attention Distract to themselves. Distract the bull. So you can duck out and have, right. have a little bit of quiet. You and know? I have my um, wife. She runs a ton of it. Like I have if, – if there's a problem with the dinner – like if we're out at a restaurant, my wife's the one that'll do the talking. My wife's the one that will take on the conflict. I mean, I would if I had to, but mm-hmm. you know, I just eat the meal. Sure, I didn't order it, but it looks pretty good. But <laughs> oh, it, I'm the same way. Are you? It doesn't matter to me. Later. It's a meal. That's right. But my wife will. She will. You know, she's a lot more extroverted, and I even just notice how much easier she makes my life because you know, with our kids' sporting events and stuff, she knows everything that's going on. Has the network. Has everything. And it, it is making my life easier. It, it's wonderfully useful. And if it's something, again, that's out in the open, yeah. so that you don't have anything where, you know, there's, there's secret resentments yeah. building up, you know, if, if that extrovert knows, well, I'm basically in charge of the social life. Right. You know, that's, that's something I can do for this relationship. It's a lot more, it's a lot healthier than if it's sort of this unspoken and they eventually start thinking, well, why am I always the one right. who has to make the plans? You maybe, know? maybe that's it too, huh? You don't, don't be surprised if your introverted partner never makes the plans. It, it's true, Quit really. being surprised by their difference. Really, yes. And, and, and just say, okay, that's the way, you know, that's the way they are. It's an introvert thing yeah. is what I, I'll say sometimes when, when, you know, oh, this is an introvert thing. The other thing, too, you know, an introvert-extrovert couple, they can give each other space. Once they understand each other, yeah. you know, the introvert can say, I'm going to stay in tonight. You can feel free to go out. Yeah. And, you know, and, and be then, okay or with the it. extrovert can say, I need to go out tonight. Don't worry about it. You stay in. If you do that, though, no passive-aggressive right. games. Right. You know, no Don't poison every them. 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, does it, I guess, too, you, everybody needs to probably try harder to love their partner their way. So the introvert yes. also needs to pick up its game and get to more parties with their partner. Uh, absolutely. You know, just yeah, so that they're not, not losing them. Yeah, being an introvert does not mean that you... Get it your way all the time. Right. It's no different from being an extrovert. And yes, you know, it may be that you arrange, you decide ahead of time what time you're going to leave. Yeah. Or it may be that you make an agreement that the extrovert rescues you if they see you. Introverts have a tendency to get cornered by talkative people. Oh, because man. Such good listeners. <laughs> You've been there? <laughs> Every and day. So, you know, get babysat a little bit. It may be that you want to bring two cars. There you go, and, huh? And and be able to leave when it's time. I mean, there are ways that you can, again, compromise, meet in the middle, and fulfill your extrovert's need. Yeah, there's well. so much hope there. I really do. I think there's so much hope in the in the ability that it's not a death sentence, and it really is. It just seems like the perfect opportunity to bring balance to our relationships. Give us. Uh, uh, we've got about one minute left, but what I want to know, Sophia, is what's the one thing. If you think of everything you learned in your book and everything you've been teaching, what's the one thing that you found is the key thing for all of us as we're dealing with people that are opposite of us or introverts, if we're an extrovert, that are opposite? What do we need to do? It's respect. It's, it's respect for the fact that different isn't better or worse. Yeah. And it's, and it's really believing ourselves. In, and introverts are just as guilty. You bet. Oh, you of, bet. Of thinking extroverts are shallow yeah. or superficial 
or annoying. Out to get us, right. <laughs> out to get us, don't understand us. And really, it's just that we're different and we're a beautiful, beautiful complement for each other if we appreciate what we're bringing to the table. That's beautiful. There it is. Uh, so appreciate it, Sophia. Again, the book is called Introverts in Love, The Quiet Way to Happily Ever After. Sophia Dembling is her name. you got to go to her website, sophiadembling.com, spelled S-O-P-H-I-A-D-E-M-B-L-I-N-G.com. Go check out her blog as well. She's got just a lot of great, uh, she calls it the portfolio, underneath her portfolio, just a wonderful blog, excellent writing. Sophia Dembling, thank you so much. We're going to take a break, continuing this discussion. Uh, go to the Coach's Corner for a bit. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some of the tricks in the trade of the trade of coaching these, through these differences. We'll take a break. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. It's my Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, the second hour of today's show. Today we've been talking about introversion versus extroversion. Ah, you know, it's a weird subject because it's so personal, and sometimes you just sit there and think, am I an extrovert or an introvert? But a lot of of what Sophia was teaching, that idea that you get cornered by certain people, Oh, yes. I can't get away from certain people. I have people that go to church with me or people that I'll see somewhere, and once I'm hooked into them, I can't get away to save my life. And my wife will come up, and and by the way, I don't know if you know this, I'm a PhD, and I can't get away from these people. I'm kind (laughs) of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. I like Sometimes you just want to punch them in the gut and run, but then I'm thinking that's not very PhD-like. That would be very Ron Burgundy-like, though. <laughs> be very Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I can't get away. So it's it's a big deal, I think, in all of our lives um, to know to better know us, our strengths, our weaknesses. One of the things I have been putting together for me personally is I call it the key. So um, you remember those little key sheets? Thing to a door. Well, no, that's not. Oh. You remember, it's like the answer key to uh-huh. a test. Remember the answer keys? Of course. And the ones you always tried to steal in uh-huh. high school? No. Right. That you'd have people steal. Yeah. No, you'd never You hire that. people. You yes. hire your thugs to steal the answer key. But I, Organized I'm, high school I'm crime. trying to figure out Matt Townsend because I can't – I'm finding out I can't figure out anyone else. I mean really because they keep so many secrets. So instead of trying to figure out my children and everyone else, I'm putting together a key for me. Like And one of my keys has simply been, after reading the book Quiet uh, by Susan Cain, which is about introversion, extroversion, mm-hmm. and introverts in love, I'm starting to find out that part of my kind of uh, my approach to life is this idea of being uh, – I'm a very socially gifted, I guess. I don't know that I feel that way, but I'm a socially gifted or skilled introvert. My energy is not necessarily strengthened the more I'm with people. I need time. I, I can go in bursts. I can give it three or four hours, then I need a break. And in that break, I really replenish my energy, my focus. But I know I need that. Mm-hmm. So I'm figuring out that that's a big part of it. Another part of introversion, extroversion, is what they call high sensitivity. Have I talked to you about this? No. This is one of the coolest things I'm learning about me. But um, about 20% of the population tend to be a little bit more sensitive um, to information, to 
to uh, smells to light to temperature. And we've had her. We've had Elaine Aaron on the show before. She wrote a book called The Highly Sensitive Person. Okay. But the highly sensitive person, it's a, and she actually has found it's about twenty percent of all the animal kingdom has a more kind of neurologically heightened member. Twenty percent of their of the deer herd, twenty mm-hmm. percent of them are more likely to pick up sounds. Sights, visual stimulation, and what they do is they end up becoming kind of the early warning system for the rest of the herd. Okay. So these are kind of traits that people have just picked up out of heredity? Well, they would say out of evolution, okay. yeah. So certain a certain part of the herd has evolved to become more heightened and sensitive to information. Now, the problem is they're also more prone to overload. Okay. So one of the reasons why they might be, and a lot of introverts, not all of them, but a lot of introverts might tend to be a highly sensitive person. So Mm -hmm. if they're getting too overloaded by people because they're picking up three times more information than the average person, and not even just like, but the words, the energy, the emotion, the smells, all of these things. This sounds like when my kids all want to talk to me at the same time. And you get overwhelmed. Yes. So she would call that you get over, you get overstimulated. And when you're a baby and you're overstimulated, it's okay to cry. But when you're an adult and you're overstimulated... I still cry. You still cry. But if you just break down and start crying and kicking... You should have seen me at the family meeting last night. I would have paid to see that. Tell Cindy to shoot more video. Okay. We'll put it up on the website. But um, So anyway, high sensitives tend to get overwhelmed. And in my office, day after day, I have these people that cannot take how rude their husband is. And then I take them through these assessments and... A lot of times they are an introvert, and a lot of and their husband puts them in or whichever the gender puts them in that weird situation. Or a lot of times also they are a high sensitive. So if you're a highly sensitive person, you can more easily get overwhelmed. And I didn't realize I was a high sensitive, even though I make my money doing that. But until I went through, somebody was talking to me about Santa Claus. I can't remember if I brought this up on the show. Like, so do you have good memories and fond memories about Santa when you were a boy? And I'm like, oh, no. Really? I didn't, I didn't like the guy. And I couldn't figure out I why. Did. You know why? I know, but here's the deal. When I was a boy and I sat on Santa's lap, I remember this vividly. Okay. His breath smelled like well, coffee. Okay. Big, smelled. Now, but interesting, yeah. big deal, you're saying, like, big deal. But for a high sensitive, that smell mm. stays. His beard didn't stick to his face. <laughs> And as like a five-year-old, I'm noticing this. Like your hair does not even stick to your face. Mm-hmm. Your hair is like borrowed. Well, I remember doing that too. Do you? Yes. Did, and then um, his pants were dirty. Like they had, they were just worn. That comes from all the kids sitting on them. Right. But as a five-year-old, all you know is this sand is a wreck. <laughs> he has to caffeinate every morning. <laughs> his breath smells. He's got his, all the elves to deal his with. Gloves Come on. are worn. But so all of a sudden, as a, as somebody picking up more data, that data has to go somewhere. And it went in my little five-year-old brain, and I remember oh, yeah. stewing on it. And so I just had to come to the conclusion that that's just Santa's helper. But don't five-year-olds do that? I don't know that they all do. No, I okay. think there's some I think just, I did. Well, so you might be a little bit more on the sensitive line. But well, there's, I, no, there's I mean, some I, that just want their toy. I stewed about it, but I don't think it bothered me a whole lot. Yeah. So the interesting thing is there's people out there that – and they're finding out that these high sensitives, that might be the precursor to feeling anxiety and depression. Hmm. So instead of just being born with anxiety, what you might be born with is a tendency to pick up a lot more data. And if you're picking up a lot of data, you're going to process it. And if you get overstimulated by the data, they might call that anxiety. 
What if you just process it faster? Well, but again, how long can your processor go? Oh, it's no, that's what I'm energy, saying. Right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? So I mean, but then, but some what they're finding out is some don't even pick up the extra data. For example, in my office, I know where every scratch, divot, dent, ding. I know the dust on the plants. I know everything, uh-huh. and I see it every day. I see it every day. And even if I tell people that, hey, let's do something about this, I still notice it when I go back in. That's mm-hmm. one of the benefits of being the high sensitive. So. So when you're, why I'm saying all this is I had to figure out for me my own key. And one of my keys is I tend to be a little bit more introverted. I get more energy. I'm still socially skilled, so I need to use that gift, I, which is why the radio show fulfills me. And it doesn't make me afraid to do it. It's exciting for me to do. But I also know I'm sensitive, so I need to use that, which also means after I've been picking up too much information, I need to have ways to desensitize and to actually eliminate some of that energy. I, um, I, know when I, I know I need to sleep differently. I know what, how much caffeine, how little caffeine bothers me. I, I'm learning a code. And what I'm doing, though, is I'm writing it all down. Hmm. And it's my code. And, okay. I, and I know I'm cracking my code. And I kind of figure out that if by the end of my life I can crack the code. Better to crack the code than to crack the heads, I guess. That's exactly right. Okay. What if I well, – and so I'm just going to challenge everyone out there in listener land. You don't need to just – you know, peg yourself as an introvert or an extrovert or a sensitive or a non. I think people are mixtures. We, oh, we all are. Yeah. So, but you, you do need to crack your code. And if you don't crack your code, then you're going to get cracked, basically. People are going to wear you out, work you down. And so that's my challenge to you. A little coaching corner. Start putting together your identity. What foods do you – there's certain restaurants I go to, and I know if I eat there, I will pay the price for days. And yet I still go there, and I'm still surprised. We've got to figure out the code, and then let's use our character to figure it out and to make ourselves the better people we need to be. And by the way, then you can hand it down. I can hand down my code to my kids and let them start to see, hey, they have some of these traits too, and there's some solutions for that. Figure out your code, my friends. That's uh, just a little coach's advice. Making it through this crazy thing we call life. We will take a break. When we come back, Heather Ann Johnson. Hatch. She's in the house, and she's working diligently to put together some activities that we can do to balance our family. If we have a lot of introverts or extroverts, activities that will bring us together. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show in the house. Hatch! Hatch is here, a.k.a. Heather Ann Johnson. She's like Madge from the 1970s or 60s. Was it that early? Uh, You're soaking in it. It's a new year, and that's just still bad, isn't it's, it? It's still bad, but Hatch, bad. Until, we get, until we get a better I know. nickname for you. I'm going to have to put some more energy into it. You know it. what? I, wanna, I do want to call you... Root canal. Really? Yeah. Just because we were just talking about them in the break? Oh, no. I don't know why I thought of that. Yeah. We were just talking about it. It's no big deal. Um, All of these are so endearing. Isn't it great? Well, I want to give you something. Well, I could call you. um, They just really lend themselves to contribution. We used to call you hot pepper. Yeah. 
it just none of them. Remember that? We're just gonna have to keep. <laughs> we won't go there, but her, <laughs> let's just say she was a hot pepper, as rated by her students. There we go. Which is weird when you're a mother. You're or a mom, you... married thirteen years, mother of five children, and, and an incredible teacher. My daughter took a class from you and still won't be quiet about it. Oh, she was a great. She, she was great to have in class. Honestly, wants to be you. Well, I'm like Hadge. She can do much better. <laughs> no, she can't. <laughs> she can she, do much better. she loved you so, <laughs> and so that's why you're a hot pepper or whatever it is, hot, whatever it's called. Yeah. But we got to let you, we got to let you know about Heather Ann Johnson. She's been teaching at BYU for about 12 years. She's an adjunct fa- adjunct faculty member. She does it all, by the way. She does TV here locally as well. She has a website uh, called familyvolley.com and wrote a book, Family Fun Fridays. Um, you can also find her at Pen and Paper Girl on Twitter. She's incredible. And she she's probably the most, I don't know, skilled uh, family time coach. I don't know what you call it. Family time coach. Like, you know how to get a family together having fun. Hopefully. That's what we work for, right? Well, I mean, is it okay to just go with the odds? Like, what if I can get 80% of the family having fun? You've done fantastic. What do you do with that one that's whimpering in the corner? You don't quit, and eventually they'll come around. What if that's your wife? (laughs) You should probably work on your communication. (laughs) I don't know. Because my wife's cornered by five boys at home. Right. So it's not fair. Right. Anyway, you look at it. But she works through it. She's a strong woman. Uh, Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Ooh, I think I'm a little bit of both, depending on the situation. I, let's just call you a vert. There we go. I'm I'm somewhere in the middle, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're socially skilled. You're probably more like I am. Where when I need it, it's I feel like it. I can draw upon it. Yeah. But at the same time, their quiet solidarity is, is often nice. Do you have a preference? Like, I prefer if I... And it's bad because then I know I could change more lives if I would just get out there more. Right, right. But I then, you know, I'm selfish. I, well, we all are. That's what we all fight That's for. exactly. Fight through. I don't know preference. I really think it depends. I can feel inside when I need more of that extrovert, when I need right. those interactions, yeah. and I can feel it. And then I can also feel where it's, hey, too much. I've got to pull back. And back it down. I need either some time for myself or oftentimes it's time with my family where yeah. it's – I've been out there too much. I need to come home and pull back right. and, and be there. And do you, be do there. you ever feel like you have moments with your family where you just need to get out of there and get back yes. to the public? Yes. You know that like that nervous yeah. breakdown you uh-huh. fight? I think all moms fight through that do a you, little bit. Do you just say, I've had it? Is that, how you, is that how we know it's happening? You know what? I don't ever say anything. So I work it through personally in my head. You go quiet. Which is probably, well, I don't know. It works okay. but That's cool. When I feel, you know, I talk myself down from the nervous yeah. breakdown. You're okay. You're okay. It's it's like, you know Go what? Go to your happy place. You take, well, you know, we used to take a step back and you look at what's in front of you and it's like, hey, you know what? It, it's just dinner and laundry and five screaming kids. No big deal. Not it's, a big it's deal. Okay. It's okay. It's it passes, a, right? The, all of this was your idea. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> yeah. You, you said like you husband. wanted this. Right, right. What are we, what wanted so do you think the kids come prepackaged, like a little more shy, maybe a little more introverted? Some sure. a little more outwardly. Yeah, more of an extrovert. I think we're kidding ourselves if we don't recognize that naturally our kids, just like us, right, we, we came with personality traits. Yeah. At the same time, and we can talk about this a little bit, I don't love labels. I don't either. We talked about that. I hate that. I, I really, really struggle with that. The research suggests that yeah. they're no good. And so I don't like anyone or myself, my husband and I, looking at our kids and saying, you're this way you're and X. you're this yeah. way, right? As soon as we start labeling them, they play to that label. Uh-huh. And it's really rare that a label 
there's always negativity to it. That's right. There's always always the opposite. Right. 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 So instead, I love to reference this specific topic the way you have already today and look at our kids and say, where do they draw their energy from? There you go. There's nothing negative about it. Right. right? There's no labels placed. It's just simply, where is it that our six-year-old draws her energy from? Our six-year-old is an extrovert. She draws her energy from friends and social situations. She's the sweet little thing that doesn't mean to tell a lie, but naturally tells fibs just Mm -hmm. to connect. Right. If somebody says, I just got a new dog, it's, hey, well, we're going to get a dog too at Christmas because because she wants the social connection. Right. And then I can look at our three year old and she very clearly draws her energy from those quiet, more one on one. She plays by herself really well. She's more of that type of introvert when it comes to. Don't we worry about like it seems like then we worry about them. Oh, like, oh, right. She's going to miss out on so much (laughs) on all those social. You know, (laughs) she needs a social. And that's one of the best reasons for us to understand this without placing the labels is one. So we can understand our kids, but two. So we'll stop worrying. Yeah. Right. As parents. In fact, we just did this over New Year's. Our three year old that we started with the party horns and, you know, nine o'clock. We were celebrating New Year's before we put the kids to bed and the noise all of a sudden attacked her. And we'd never seen her act like that Hmm. before. And I think a lot of it was she was tired, but she immediately went into this panic. This is too loud. It has to stop. Yeah. And I worried at at first. It was like, do we have a high sense? What What is is, is going on right now? And so when we understand how our children are built Mm -hmm. a little bit more and where they draw their energy from, we don't worry so much because I could look at her and say, hey, you know what? This is more characteristic of how you see things, where you draw that energy from. We're okay. Let's just talk through what's happening and we'll work it through. So it takes some of that fear out, I think, for parents. Right. You know, when it's, our... and it's not a right or wrong and it's and, and it won't ever stay exactly the same. It won't. Introversion at three years old is different than introversion at right. ten. Right. Or even at seventeen or yeah. eight, you know, or twenty five when we need them to be mm-hmm. engaged in social situations different. So it's going to change. And really it's what the situation calls for. And I think that's what maybe you and I were describing about ourselves. It's whatever the situation calls for. Yeah. That's kind of what we tend to manifest. And if we can get our kids to feel comfortable on both sides of the spectrum and then I don't want to use the word perform, but be able to step up. Deliver it. Yeah. Like depending on the situation, we've done a really good job. Especially if they're noticing the difference. I mean, most of us never noticed these tendencies. I didn't notice that me psycho-evaluating Santa Claus and physiologically evaluating him. I didn't know that that was a gift. Right. Or a problem potentially. Sure. I, I just, you know, I just thought he was weird. It smelled a little off. Sure. It's just kind of your own thoughts about a certain situation. Yeah. But to actually start opening the conversation, because I have other kids that I can see are already more sensitive and would rather be alone. And then if like my wife might always say, why aren't you out with friends? Right. And just that question, I guess, implies something's wrong with you. Sure. Sure. It's exactly Why aren't you right. out socializing? And we worry. That's back to the worry as parents. Yeah. When we can look at our kids and say, oh, you're a little more you know, introverted without labeling them. Yeah. Again, we can say, oh, you know what? That's not where they draw their energy. They draw their energy from being home. Yeah. And, Creative, and being something reading, else. Whatever it might be. And so then we don't have to worry so much when right. they're not out every Friday and Saturday and when they're not doing that. And yet still, I mean, what I have with one of my kids is I can talk openly that how important, how, how they have this tendency to want to be home and yet how important going right. out is. 
And that's where we're we're and teaching. Then you got to bridge that, right? Right. When we're bridging that, and one of the best ways we can do that is to really give them lots of opportunities, yeah. regardless of where you think your child falls. Give them as many experiences and opportunities as you can. By giving them the opportunities, one, they can feel out their own path and yeah. see. But as parents, we can step back and say, "Oh, when she's in that situation, this is how she acts. When this happens, that's yeah. how he responds." And so then we're better able to help them because we've seen them in all that's these situations. Powerful. So we really have to stop sheltering or again when we label we then tend to keep our children from experiences because right. in our head we think oh this is a label we've placed we're not going to go there mm. we don't want to do that give them those those experiences and like you said help them bridge the gaps help them manage it how cool is that to to just know that your kids aren't the same right They're none of them different. are the same right. so that whole idea of writing their code and figuring it out but you can do that too by finding what they do well so right. you don't just have to focus on what they're not doing but instead what they do, Like fantastic. if they love to be creative, that is telling you something. Right. And we can look at that and we like to call it in our house what makes them unique. Mm-hmm. And each of our kids are very unique. Oh, yeah. They share a lot of the same qualities. But if we can help our children see what makes them unique. That's huge. They feel like they stand out in some way. And so instead of constantly saying, oh, you're not out on Friday or you're not very good here or that's hard for you, isn't it? Right. We're really uh, supporting. And what um, there's a kind of a mathematical, we'll put it that way, but I like to teach my students to use a 90-10 rule there you go. where 90% of the time you're saying positive, uplifting things to your kids and only 10% of the time are you pointing out the negative. Okay. And so if you keep in the back of your mind a 90-10, when it comes to these personality characteristics, instead of pointing out 90 negative, we'll start pointing yeah. out the unique and I the amazing. That. And then that 10%, you know, kind of is what we need to focus on for that bridging again. Well, then you can, I mean, that's interesting because there's a, that means there's a lot you can also just overlook. Right, right. And so you're more selective in the 10%. And think about it. Really, can't we overlook most of the oh, things yeah. that come out of our mouths I mean, if parents? it doesn't involve a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, illegal something. If yeah. there's no police officer involved, no poli- yeah. do we need to say it? If right? they're not opening up a greenhouse in your backyard. And no one's choking. That's right. See, it's a <laughs> or, very simple thing. No knives, parenting. right? See how good you are. So good. We should just wrap it up with that. No yeah. knives. No knives. No police. Yep. Kids no greenhouses You're where fine. I'll say. You're fine. <laughs> Heather Ann Johnson's her name. We're going to take a break, Heather. You got more. We got a couple. Yeah. How, couple to, how to balance these differences, right. too. And, and how, to, how to do more to, to, to help I guess. In a family setting, what we're going to do to kind of keep the peace when we're all so different. There you go. Man, Hatch, they call her. You're soaking in it. Good stuff. This is the Matt Townsend Show. More with Heather Johnson when we come back right here on BYU Radio. my friend. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking to Heather Ann Johnson. Hatch, we call her. You're soaking in it. That We need to actually have the voicer on that. 
put that together, Sean. Because other some people <laughs> are like, I budget. don't know what the, he's even talking about. If I've got to have the name, we at least have to have the back backing for it. Madge, you're, you're soaking. <laughs> Paul Mollet. Paul You're soaking in there it. There we go. So Heather's here. Again, Heather's Heather's the export, expert extraordinaire. She's the one that teaches us how to get our families together, how to have fun when we're together. Um, she is the author of a book, Family Fun Fridays, soon to be released Family Fun Monday through Thursdays and Saturdays and Sundays as well. Weekend time. Family Fun. <laughs> um, but also, she really knows what she's talking about. So we're excited to have her today. She's helping us understand extroversion and introversion in our children. One of the rules is we just shouldn't just peg them with a label. Right. We should also make sure they understand how they're unique. Right. Uh, and be, use the 90-10 rule. Yeah. And be give a lot them more lots positive. of opportunities. Yeah. Oh, and lots of opportunities. Lots of opportunities. That's huge. Right? Lots yeah. of experiences. Uh, let them see all sorts of, I mean, I mean if you, see is If relative, you give them an but... opportunity, right, and then you talk about the 90% that went well. Right. Then the 10% is not a big deal, and right. they're learning in every opportunity. Absolutely. That's huge. Yeah, so that's really important. What else do we need to do with our children that, you know, we're, they're different. Everyone's got a little different. Right. Makeup. So let's talk about families a little bit, because now we've recognized that kids are are different and they they come that way, even though we're not going to label them. We recognize those differences. But now you have a family and you've got a mom who (laughs) might be different from a dad. Right. Yeah. And And five kids or whatever. They're all different. They're all different. And they're all vying for their uniqueness. It's exactly right. And so what are we going to do? And so the first thing we're going to do is what you've talked about today in your coach's corner is we're going to take a step back and we're going to understand ourselves. That's cool. We have to do that first. We have to see where it is. We feel comfortable where we don't. And we've got to do this first to understand ourselves, but second, so that we understand our interaction with our kids. Yeah. For example, if you're an introvert, it's going to be very hard for you to understand your extrovert six-year-old who constantly needs that attention and that social and that Uh, go, 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 go from you. That's going to be really hard. And they'll exhaust you. That's exactly right. Now, on the other side, if you're an extrovert, you're going to be really confused when your introverted three-year-old would like to have time alone or prefers yeah, the door be, shut. Can you just leave me alone right, in my can, room? Can I just keep, you know, playing this instead of the interaction that you want to maybe yeah. have because you're the extrovert. So we need to understand ourselves and that's in any aspect oh, of our lives. Huge. But if we'll take a step back and you called it your key yeah. and look, kind of assess our own key, what that looks like, it'll make us much more likely and able to help our kids. Because if you think about it, most of the time we get upset with them or get frustrated is because we've got that clash oh, yeah. of how we see things functioning. And your husband, too. You can understand your spouse because, right. and they should understand themselves. But the more you understand your spouse, you'll see, oh, this is just a little bit more like – how he approaches it's the exactly world. right and so we don't get offended we're we're able to be more patient yeah. we're able to then plan accordingly and even foresee situations before they happen which is a really big deal when you're a parent if you can foresee what's going to happen yeah. because you've taken the time to understand yourself and your kids a little more then those blow-ups or those situations are less likely to happen isn't but see look at that. that's just research i mean that's just research right? it is know it is. your audience know what's going on right and that's I, not even that's just a little work, really. Yeah. It's not like you have to go, you know, do studies. No, it's not. It is being willing, though, to actually look at ourselves. Yeah. And it's okay to say, I'm not good there, or I'm stronger here than mm-hmm. I am there. That's perfectly all right. And we can't learn and grow as parents or as individuals if we're not willing to say, you know what? There are some strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. That's okay. Let's understand them that's so cool. we can then work on them. That's so great. that's the first thing we're going to do in a family setting. The next thing going right along with it is we're going to stop trying to change them. Oh, yeah. 
We're very quick to look, especially at our spouse first. Yeah, because they're messed our, up. Right. <laughs> Always, because we've got it right yeah. and they don't. Hello, look at us. <laughs> right. And the funny thing is, we usually, it's the strongest traits that we usually try to change. Which is so weird. That's probably what first right. hooked you. Right. Especially with our spouse, that's probably what drew us to them. That's fascinating. So that's why we marry someone because we love these things yeah. about them. And then it's those strongest traits that immediately, you know, six months in, we think, I got to change this. That's got to change. Right. Because it's probably different than yeah. me. And so we want to stop changing our spouse and stop changing our kids. Take those strong traits and grab a hold of them and decide how they can be funneled into fantastic things. That's what, no, So that could be a trait that's kind of, I don't know what we call it, on and aggressive. It's an aggressive, obvious strength. Right. Or a passive, weak strength. They're not doing it. It's overs or unders. Right. They're overdoing something or they're underdoing something. Right. Either one we'll pick on. And either one can be a benefit and a yeah. good thing. Yeah. We don't want to ever look at them and say, the way you are is wrong. We've got to fix it. Yeah. Oh, that's... That's not what we're doing. That's the doghouse. Right. And instead, we want to look at them and say, you know, like our six-year-old, I'm much more of an introvert when it comes to being at home. I'm not looking for loud and screaming and yelling. Now, she's not like that. She would run circles and scream and yell at a decibel I've never heard (laughs) all day. She just... And she wants a million people around. And so instead of trying to change that, I have to make sure that she has lots of opportunities to get that out. Channel it. Right. And so we can plan those opportunities instead of it being a free-for-all. Okay. So you'll send her to run a lap. Sure. Or we'll all make sure that she has adequate play dates so that she's got friends that are in our home so that she's playing and can do all of that. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. We also work through, you know, when it's appropriate to yell and when it's appropriate not to. You could also have her run home. And you just drive you drive the car by her, and she just runs all the way home. And while she's running, you just slow down and wave. And I mean, it's rude, but sure, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, Heather's having a little coughing attack. You you swallowed it, Madge. In fact, while we're waiting for Madge to get her cough out, uh, here's Madge. We put together this little audio for you. You're soaking in it in dishwashing liquid. <laughs> it's palm olive, mild. More than mild. Makes loads of suds at last. And no kidding. Palm Olive softens hands while you do the dishes. <laughs> That's you, Hadge. Hadge softens relationships while you build a family. I apologize. That, that was a big, that was a really that big. That was. That was a big cough. I just got car wrong. Okay, so. All right. I am. I'm great now. Because, you know, just so you know, you were about one minute away from getting CPR. <laughs> one minute? Uh, That's I, all I have? I, I like to wait. <laughs> I have this rule. If you're still moving and wiggling, we're not doing it. We're that. Okay. That's like the worst as you teach, too. That's like a nightmare. You got to like hack that. I know. <clears throat> to catch that. Yeah. Okay. So where were we? We were talking about- uh, Not changing them. You don't change them. You can't change them. So we're not going to change them. So the next thing we're going to do is we're going to let everyone plan activities. Because then they can get their voice involved. And if they get their voice involved, they might be more likely to do what needs to be done. Right. So it lets them feel really comfortable. That's cool. Because they've planned it. It also teaches the rest of the family members, excuse me, not to judge, that's, which is really cool. That's cool. And, and maybe become supportive of right. their way. Right. That's cool. So it's like, you know what? She planned this today. It's something she likes to do. So we need to support that she likes to do that's that. That's a great idea. And, and, it, and they're getting a clue in how to play with their sister her way. Right. And it also makes them feel very accepted. That's great. So we can all be very different, but we can be accepted mm-hmm. in our differences. So we want to let everyone plan, everyone carry out. And we can do that in very simple ways. Even if it's just, hey, Friday, we're doing something as a family. You're in charge tonight. What do you want to do? Yeah. It also lets us as parents start to learn what it is that our kids like to do. Yeah. 
and where their personalities emerge or are submerged. And so now we're back to the extrovert, introvert. We can see how they function, what they would choose. So give us an example. A family night. So if tonight we're having a family night activity. So, for example, uh, our 12-year-old would probably choose to do something that was just our family. Mm-hmm. something um, much more sedentary that he would love to do. Yeah. Our six-year-old would choose to invite like three neighborhood, you know, three yeah. families in the neighborhood and she'd want them all to come over with their friends and we'd all play and do something very active. Oh, interesting. So a lot of differences there. Even just in the way, again, they feed off the energy. Yeah. yeah. Our 12-year-old wouldn't so much be looking for things that had a ton of people around. And he doesn't really care yeah, about right, that. Right, right. But again, our six-year-old or even our 10-year-old daughter, they would want situations where there was lots of people to look at and talk mm-hmm. to and work Stimulation, and, a lot of noise. Right, right. Interesting. So differences there. So let them plan. Now, once we've done that too, and this, if you have a parenting goal, we did this uh, on a local TV show just last week. We set some parenting goals for 2015. Yeah. If you have one, this should be your number one priority, what? this next one. What? And that's to spend 15 minutes with each child every day. That's huge. Uninterrupted time. Now, we can see how that works as a parent, but why does that matter, extrovert or introvert? Well, this is where we actually get to learn what our kids are actually like. Yeah. Uninterrupted. They don't have their siblings around. They don't have people around. It's just you and them by themselves, and they've chosen what to do. You put your phone away. You put your computer away. You don't answer anything. Do you put their phone away? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And we often say, wait 15 minutes, but I have five kids. That's impossible. But it's really not. If we will kind of tame the technology and turn some things off, we will find that we have plenty of time. And it may not be like you do them in a row. Okay, next. next But it's kind of morning, afternoon. Absolutely. Grab them when you can. Our three-year-old gets her 15 minutes while the baby sleeps and everyone else is at school. And so I handle the two little kids while everyone's at school. And when the three-year-older come home, then we work through how that's That's going to look after that. But if you want to get to know your child and you want to know how they function – where they're most comfortable, spend time with them every day. 15 minutes. What if I have kids that are so extroverted, they don't come home. They don't come home because they're so happy to be with other people. Yeah. So after school, they're at friends. Sure. We pick them up, take them to basketball. We pick them up, bring them home. It's bedtime. So you're going to put off bedtime for 15 minutes or get up 15 minutes early. Yeah. Or you're going to go pick them up from school, even if it's once a week at lunch, and yeah. you're going to spend 25 minutes eating just, together. Yeah, it's cool. Anywhere you can find it, find those 15 minutes. That's and if great. 10's all you've got, Let's then go take the 10. And take 10's a 10. victory. Right. The last thing, too, as we have a second left, is that we never want to embarrass our kids. Oh, yeah. That's and bad. this is ever. Mm-hmm. This is not an exception. It doesn't matter if you're around grandparents, friends. It doesn't matter. You don't embarrass your kids. And oftentimes we get embarrassed because our kids don't come through the way we want them to in social situations yeah. because of that makeup that they came right. with. So maybe we're in a situation and we kind of push one of our children to go talk to someone and they refuse. We get embarrassed because to us we're thinking they're not obeying. I'm not in yeah. control. Yeah. Everyone can see that. And so we tend to make little snide remarks that might embarrass them a little yeah. bit. We don't ever want to do that. Uh, the example I started with with our six-year-old who tends to create fibs to fit in right. because she's a she's an extrovert. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'd want to do is in a social situation tell the people she's talking to that she's a liar. You're a liar. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to ever want to do that. Instead, something like, wow, that's quite a story. Let's wow. everyone else know we didn't just get a new dog, right? Yeah. And that we don't have 60 other pets and that she's exaggerating <laughs> a little bit. And dinosaurs aren't real It's exactly basement. It's yeah. exactly right. And then once I have her to myself, then we can talk about honesty and how that comes out as a fit. It doesn't need to be a public moment. Right. But tell us why. Why 
What's with just a little subtle embarrassment? Well, the second we embarrass them in a situation like that, right? Now, that's different than maybe, I don't know, my dad used to do funny things with me when I was 16, 17, 18. Yeah, I love that. Where an opposite sex, you know, a boy would walk past and he'd tease or make a joker. That's different. That is my favorite day. Right. It it was his favorite day, too. And that's very different than when we're taking character traits and we're attacking Uh them, right? Or, Or my embarrassment when he'd, you know, give me a nudge or say, hey, she thinks you're cute. That's very different than if he would have said, you know, something that attacked who I was or how I was trying to make myself. Well, even with your daughter, you didn't call her a liar. You called her. She just tends to make stuff up. Right. Which is a different interpretation than they're a liar. Than they're lying, right? It's a character issue. Because we're back to where we started, which is if we can understand why they're doing it, where they're drawing their energy from. Yeah. We then see it very different. I'm much more empathetic when I can understand, my goodness, she's just trying to make social connections because that's how she thrives. Yeah, she's not, yeah. Right, and that's what she's trying to do. Well, she's not lying to be, you know, a liar and yeah. to make She's just seen that works. That right. gets attention. She just wants to make a connection and they got a dog and so well I want to talk to you and yeah. so we're getting a dog. Sean does the exact same thing. I thought well, for years that he was a pro baseball player. You thought, yes. That you were just fitting. I kept wearing the jersey all You're, the time, you know. <laughs> and the white. But I gotta say thank you, Heather, because I know I still want to go chaperone a dance and just, you know, embarrass the heck out of my kids oh, that yeah. I have to dance. You don't need to. You you just need to like I have a son that, at his basketball game, he had all these girls over there. Just being there. And I'm like, well, oh, who yeah. are these young ladies? Yeah. And he's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Just walk away. <laughs> walk away. And I hope you didn't. I, I hope you I, said no. I, I started walking towards him. I'm and Mr. Then Townsend. He got nice intense. And then I'm like, okay, so this is serious. Yeah, so one of them is your girlfriend. Which one is it? Oh, I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. My dad wouldn't have walked away. He would have hung would out. He, gone? Oh, he would have hung yeah. out and he would have. I mean, he was cool. You're cool. He yeah, was, I'm hip. He was really cool. Yeah. So he would have probably introduced himself and said, what's your name? And see, they yeah. immediately would have said said what their names yeah. were and we would have gone from there. Well, see, yeah, he wouldn't let me. Yeah. When he starts to push on me, it's a sign. And see, you know yeah. that when he pushes that hard, you yeah. know what you need to do. Right. My dad knew that he could push to a degree. And I, I mean, I almost screamed, hey, quit pushing me. <laughs> That would have been bad. Hey, leave me alone. I just want to talk to the girls. It really, I love what you're teaching us because it's not, this is about, we just figure it out as we go. And and yet every every little step matters and, and making everybody able and safe to just be them. To be themselves. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what really family life is about. That's where we feel safe. We should be able to be ourselves there yeah. with no strings attached. Hajj is her name. And apologies for the coughing attack. Yeah, what was that about? I don't know. And I thought I was pushing my mute button, but I wasn't. No, you so. were actually, that button was paging security. <laughs> well, where I would are never they? push that button. They're awfully Oh, they've been slow. outside waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got, we're very secure. We're so secure you can't get I in. I thought it was 911. Nope. Are you going to stick around with us? Yes, I'm here. Heather Ann Johnson. Uh, you got to go check out her website, familyvolley.com. More ideas, more fun, helping you find the good in the world. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back to wrap up the show after this break. Welcome back, everybody. Wrapping up this uh, show today. Today we've been talking about introversion, extroversion. Heather Ann Johnson still in the house from the website familyvolley.com. Uh, if you want to have more fun with your family, you got to go there. She'll teach you how to not only pull a hammy, but also how to cough through a radio interview and have nobody even know it. 
Well done. Uh, Brennan's going to guide us through. We're going to do a little investigation of um, our producer, Sean. Sean O'Neill is a closet introvert. A closet introvert? Public extrovert. I don't know what you are, Sean, but well, we're going to we, take the Well, if we test. find the quiz, we will be doing this, but it... Can you be a closet closet introvert? I I think I'm kind of a closet introvert. Everybody thinks I'm so extroverted. Right. And it's just I'm I'm actually out of control. (laughs) It has nothing to do with extroversion, introversion. I I know how to dance the dance. I'll go dance if you want me to dance. I'll dance and then I need a break. And the break is where I re-energize. Don't you think that's a pretty great skill though? Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And I love it. It's, uh, but then I still feel guilty. Like we were talking earlier, I'll go to a speech and I'll just nail it, and then I can hardly wait to get out of there. Absolutely, and you don't want all the social after. Don't you want just all need the social. to go home to recharge. Yeah, and I don't even like. See, that's what's weird. If to, you don't like, I, I wouldn't want to be famous because then you have to deal with people all the time. But I love what I do. I love the TV. I love the radio. I love all of this stuff. I love that. But just, and I even love people. But I need to. I just can't have people and TV and radio and then have it just keep backing up or I'm going to pull something. Unless you have time to recharge in between. Uh-huh. Right. And that's what I do. If I have okay. a good half hour, hour, I, I'm good to go. Then you can recharge and go back to it. Yeah. yeah. You, and, and really, I, you're going to love that book by Elaine Aaron, The Highly Sensitive Person. Because a lot of people out there, we've had her on the show and that's where I finally got the idea. I wonder if that's me. But it also causes a lot of our blowups and a lot of our running away from situations. Okay, okay. Brennan found the test. Uh, no, he didn't. Oh, uh, it's, I don't know. what We had a link to it, but it's not showing up for some reason. Well, and by. I don't know why. Well, so what are you going to do, Brennan? I mean, yeah, you, this, I mean here, here's your debut, <laughs> your second on-air it's opportunity. really embarrassing. And you're embarrassing me in front of everybody. Well, how does that make you feel? <laughs> See, now, you, might, you might want to get used to that, Brennan. This is where oh, yeah. Hadge should step in and help me. Heather, what should we do to make Brennan feel better? Feel better? Just look away? Or more embarrassed? It's kind of like you, you want to look away. It's kind of like an accident. You, you just look away. You're, just don't, pay no attention. It'll go away. It'll disappear. <laughs> it's sad. Is your, is your husband um, introvert or extrovert? You know, I think he is a little bit of both, but I think if we had to choose one, he's probably more of an introvert. Is he really? I think I And think you probably are more of an that. extrovert. Probably, probably a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need so much of that solidarity or that quiet or that, yeah. but I do need a little bit now and then. But can do you love it? Like I thrive on it. Yes. As long as it's not nonstop. Right. I thrive. Like prison so, sentence. Sure. As long sure. as you're not going to prison and it's going to be two and a half years of right. solitary. Well, even like the teaching or, you know, being uh-huh. here and, and, ex- you can, and sharing these things. The breaks, or, yeah. Is fantastic, and I absolutely thrive. But like you said, when it's over, I'm ready to go back to some other things. Do you love um, a great, just quiet morning? Yes. I do, Yes. And in fact, I get up early for that reason. I'm always up before everyone else because it's so quiet. quiet. But I think – don't you think there's kind of some negative connotations? And that's where this gets us in trouble. That's right. right. Unfortunately, we have these thoughts that an introvert or extrovert is like – Negative and positive. Yeah, that's right. Well, in our right? culture, right. because we have enculturated people to think you're, an, an extrovert is the ideal. Right. And and that – why? Interesting. Why is that the well, ideal? Well, that's why that book Quiet by Susan Cain is powerful because she talks about the fact that Western society is a fairly extroverted culture. Right. Eastern culture is much more introverted. Mm-hmm. So 
And even Harvard, for example, getting into Harvard, one of the things they're going to look at to see if you can make it into their MBA program is kind of an extroversion scale. Right. How right. well – and we think it's because you've got to work with others. But introverts can work well with others. Absolutely. It's just we can't do it all day. We're going we're gonna to get in trouble. So, uh, Brennan, you figured it through. out. I came through. You came through. So <laughs> give us some questions, and we're going to figure out if Sean is an extrovert or an introvert. All right. So the first question is, I enjoy being the center of attention sometimes. No, I dislike being the center of attention, or yes, most of the time. Sometimes. Sometimes? Huh. All I right. didn't know that was one. <laughs> I love being the center of attention. Is that what you would have chosen for him? Uh, no. No. <laughs> what about being around other people makes me feel energized? Is, uh, is that a no, yes, somewhat? Depends on the people. Yes, it does it depend absolutely on the people. Depends yes. on the people. <laughs> right. Is that wrong to say? That no. It no. Depends that means totally you're normal, on the you're healthy. All right, when given a choice between working... As part of a team or working as a group, I would prefer to work with as many people as possible, work as part of a small group, or work by myself. Small group. By myself. Yeah, by myself. It's easier. And how much do you enjoy solitude? A great deal? Somewhat? Ten. No. Uh, no, somewhat. A twelve. Yeah, Matt's somewhat. A 12. I'm a twelve on solitude. A 12. Okay. Depends on the time of day. <clears throat> and what about parties or social gatherings? Do you no like need. spend time with a few people or keep, keep it to yourself? I keep to myself. Okay. And when dealing with a person problem, do you want to talk about it with others, solve it on your own, or discuss, discuss it with just like one solve or two people? Solve it on my own. Send my wife. <laughs> <laughs> She'll take care of it. There we go. She'll fix it. When talking to other people, do you speak spontaneously? Do you speak um, freely but monitor a little bit, or do you plan out what you're going to say? Uh, speak freely but monitor what I say. Okay. Do people describe you as thoughtful, reserved, and soft-spoken? Is that like no, a common no, occurrence? No, no, not at all. Okay. <laughs> That's a negative. Uh, negative on that. Okay. Two more. <clears throat> do you enjoy meeting new people? Not at all. Yes, sometimes. Yes, I do. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Other people might describe you as difficult to get to know. Is that a, a big no. yes or no? No. 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 All right. Let's see. Dun, 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 What's dun, the dun, prediction? Dun, dun. Uh, my prediction is he's an extrovert. All right. It says. I don't know if he see. answered as the an extrovert. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he did, but he, he's an extrovert with introverted <clears throat> tendencies. All right. The results indicate that he is an extrovert. There we go. He answered that. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> Heather Ann Johnson, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. And I like the nails. I like how you've had highlight nails put on as well. Accent. Accent, sir. There we go. Hey, everybody, go see your website, familyvolley.com. Great exercises and activities there. Do pay attention to your hammies. She'll (laughs) blow them right out. Sean, the extrovert, thanks for being here. Brennan, well done, my friend. You finally figured that out. That was good. He's the man, the myth, the legend. He's on with us all the time now. We're out of here, my friends. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to have a best of show, but here's a quote as we we leave you. Uh, There is hardly a more gracious gift that we can offer somebody than to accept them fully, to love them almost despite themselves. That's by Elizabeth Gilbert. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks uh, for being a part of the show and letting us into your lives. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Back again tomorrow with the best of.